Welcome to Down the Slope, I'm Ewan and as ever I am joined by Greg and Harry and this week we are also joined by Hibs fans uh, Jack Gillies and Fergus Lockhart. Uh, how are you doing boys? I'm Excited. Good. And Greg, Harry? I'm not bad. I'm, I'm just fuming mate, I just I stalled over the weekend, work was uh, today, just no feeling it at all but here we go mate. Well, there's only there's only one place to start, and what went wrong on on Saturday? Hibs, same team uh, as against Hamilton. We've won four in the spin. Uh, Jack, we'll come to you first. What what was so different about Hibs on Saturday in comparison to what we've seen sort of over the rest of February? I think for me, complacency. We did not give Motherwell the respect they deserved in that game. We didn't look with it. In my opinion, the whole game there was sort of it was jittery to me. I mean, we maybe seen flashes of that, which we'll talk about later, obviously, but against Hamilton. But to me, it looked jittery. It didn't look like we were ever going to come into the game. Motherwell came with the right tactics. They set up right. That was that, and they basically, you know, done us in with the because they had set up right. Didn't look like we ever wanted to chase the game or anything like that, especially at two 0 Harry, let's get your rant out of the way. What have you got for us? Aye, so for me, I've touched on it before and I'll touch it again. I think the main problem with Jack Ross is he is a very reactive manager. I think that it was clear as day after about 10 minutes that we were getting absolutely pumped on all three parts of the pitch. I think that defensively, it was the first time Darren McGregor looked astray this season. He just didn't look confident at all, which was bizarre. But the main thing it comes down to for me is I think that this system just needs Gogic for it to work. I think that Irvin and Yule both had their worst game for Hibs this season. Both of them just looked completely lost. I think even after Gogic came on in the second half, the team looked a lot more solid. There was a few balls over the top that he intercepted in the second half that I think would have caused us problems in the first half. Um, and like I think that last week the red card definitely papered over the cracks of um, Irvin and Yule playing as a midfield duo. I did say before they played, I was kind of nervous to see how they performed together. They're both obviously two of our best players, but I didn't feel confident with the lack of steel that they provide um, com- in comparison to what Gogic can do. Um, and I think that was very apparent. Uh, I, no, I, just, I don't mind the team that Jack Ross picked to start, but the fact he didn't change it when things were going wrong, because I don't think anybody would have been nobody was happy with the fact that we had the same 11 players start in the second half that played the first half. I think that's fair yeah. to say. And Fergus, obviously you're, you're involved in football out at, um, at Trent. What, what, from a slightly different point of view, what did you think went wrong with Hibs at the weekend? Yeah, I think like, obviously got to give Motherwell quite a bit of credit because they were, like, they set up perfect and the, the guy that's on the hearts is at Roberts. Yep. He, he caused us mayhem, eh? Like, his pacing behind was decent and Against Darren McGregor, they obviously noticed that he's not the quickest on the turn, and like they played to their strength, and then just never got going at all. Eh? Just passes weren't the too many like side to side passes, and then I feel like uh, obviously we missed some good chances in the second half, but the game was done in the forty-six minutes. Yeah, and Greg, finally, um, before before I gave my two pence. Uh, but you you promised that if this good run came to an end, we wouldn't go. Fully tonto. So let's see yeah. how how well are you going to keep this promise. Um, I, th- I think kind of everything that we've done well the last few weeks we didn't do well at all the weekend. There was no urgency. We didn't try and uh, get in behind them. I felt like we were very one dimensional. There just wasn't enough movement off the ball. Very predictable at the weekend. Um, I noticed that Boyle moved back out wide um, towards half. in the second half and and. They just doubled up on him and it was clear as day you weren't going to get in and down there. Um, yeah, just very disappointing. There was no urgency in the team. I think Tony Watt pulled, pulled the two centre-halves about like nobody's business, which we've slagged them till we're blue in the face. And, and then he, he single-handedly pretty much gives the two centre-halves a run around, but there wasn't enough in the midfield at all. Um, I think I said in the chat on Saturday night, we can carry one or two every week, but we can't carry that many. That's just 
just one of those games, I think. Well, that's it. And I think, obviously, we've just won four in the spin. And I think we probably thought that Hibs would win this game and win it well because that's what we've been doing all season. But taking out the fact... If, if Hibs win four, four out of five games consistently across the course of a season, it means we're going to be a, we'll have a great season. I mean, unfortunately, we've lost at home, which seems to be the only place that we lose the now. But for me, like, Hibs were terrible at the weekend. I, I hate, I didn't want it, but we were so bad. Like, the first, until the goal, I thought the game was really open. We know neither team showing anything, like, in terms of getting on the ball and neither team really dominated. But you could see that Motherwell were starting to maybe just get their noses in front and the goal came. And the most alarming thing for me is, and I don't, I don't even think in the first half we reacted that badly. And we still had maybe one or two half chances. But as soon as that second goal goes in, Hibs have a complete inability to come through behind this season. I think the only teams that we've come from behind against have been in the League Cup group stages against Cove Rangers uh, and obviously in the Aloha game in the quarterfinal as well. What, what What's going on in this team, Harry, that even when they're on a, a four-game winning run, as soon as we go behind the game shooting is as well as over there. It's I, I still think it's because what I say it's because we like Motherwell came out and they played really well in the first half. As Greg said, one of the worst players. The only reason that Tony Watt plays in Scottish football still is because he scored against Barcelona. He's not a football player. He's terrible, <laughs> and he made us look like an absolute joke. I think he is a terrible football player, and he had he looked like Messi on Saturday, and that's an embarrassment for us. Like. With the players that we have on the pitch, man for man, we were much better than them. But it's just the fact that they've came and they were much better organised. But the thing is, if a team's coming and they're dominating you, I don't understand why managers are so scared to just change something. Like, if Jack Ross hooks Newell Irvin half an hour into the game, or even before they score 20 minutes into the game, and we end up keeping a clean sheet, nobody's going to be annoyed at them. Even the player's not going to be annoyed at them. I don't think, like... I'm not saying it's entirely thanks to Jack Ross because the players on the pitch weren't putting in a good enough performance. As Greg touched on, there wasn't enough urgency in the team. But if things aren't going right, you need to make the changes and you need to actually like react to it before it happens. Otherwise, you're going to get punished for it. The fact we went 2-0 down before the changes, like the game was already dead. Every time you put Scott Allen on the pitch, we're either too far ahead for him to make a difference or we're too far behind for him to make a difference. Yeah. I just want Scott Allen to come on set up a goal to equalise or win the game and everybody could just be happy again. But no, just, aye. As, as we've all touched on, it's just undoing the hard work that we've put in for the past four weeks. And it's just so frustrating yeah. because there's no need for it. And Jack, um, Harry obviously mentioned it there. Jack Ross didn't make any changes in the first half and then didn't make any changes at half time. But then two minutes into the half after Motherwell scoring makes three. Um, why do you think they subs weren't good enough to make it half time? And he waited and then... Um, I think I agree with what Harry said about Jack Ross. He sort of reacts to things after they've happened. At that point in the game, is anybody going to go, well, they're going to come on uh, in the second half and score more or less after the half started? It's not something that anybody could have predicted or anybody could have seen coming. There was about five to that goal. The point is you can't take every one of those players off. You've got to think about it from a tactical point of view. So... I do think at least Gorgit should have been on at half time. And Dodge, he should have had at least, at least had a word with Dodge right. and went, right, you've got to start pulling your weight about. But Gorgit should have been on and that was the end of it. The midfielder just not performing. And you could see that. You could see the midfielder toiling. Motherwell were overrunning us. And um, obviously, it was mentioned earlier, Fergus, about I think Harry mentioned it that. Obviously, the last weekend against Hamilton, the first 10 minutes weren't great. And then, obviously, the red card. And we mentioned it last week. Like, well, it's, hard, it's hardly a sample of a game to say, oh, well, we were terrible for 10 minutes. Like, you kind of judge on that. But did the Hamilton suggest that this this sort of could have happened at the weekend? Uh, obviously, <coughs> especially when you've got a player like Alan Campbell in the middle of the park that you're up against, it is a step up from, from Hamilton. So, should we have been surprised that this team struggled the way they did? Uh, probably not. I mean, Hibs, like in recent times, probably always start slow. It's like a wake up call when they say, like, a, a chance is yeah. like their Marciano's made a save or there's a great glorious chance being missed by their team. But last week, I thought Hamilton were decent for the first 10 minutes. And like Hibs missed, obviously, loads and loads of chances. But uh, 
they should have expected that for, for Motherwell and we just need to I don't know what it is I mean just put it down if, if, one of the guys. Aye, well, it's happening quite often, eh? Like, I mean, since since the start of December, like, the, there's been a lot of poor performances, but a lot of decent results in there as well. So, you're you're going to have these results every now and then. But Hibs fans obviously want to see them winning every week, and yeah, if we're winning every week, we would we would be above Celtic. So, well, aye. and I think the one thing that has come out from the weekend, and obviously, I think. Harry, Greg, myself, we were all very much Kevin Nisbet doesn't deserve to be in the team and mainly because of the form of the team and we were very much advocates for Christian Doidge and what he brings to the team and definitely myself like I felt like he usually the ball sticks he brings people into play, he wins fills and he gives away fills as well sometimes that's just as valuable to, to break up play like even if it is that Hibs are defending and it's cleared or whatever and, but he didn't do that at the weekend and obviously then come a few really good chances that he's missed in the second half. Now, is it now time to get Kevin Nisbet back into the fold? Now, I'm going to offset that by, I don't think Kevin Nisbet wants to play for Hibs. I didn't. And the, the free kick for me, obviously he's no meant to hit a shite free kick, but he'd honestly been as well just Chip, well, he basically chipped it in the hands of the keeper. Like, Greg, sort of moving into the St Johnston game, is it time that Nisbet comes in for Dodge or does Nisbet come in for someone else? Or, or where do we go in sort of the final third? I know it's only one game, it's like that's no blowout of proportion, but Dodge hasn't scored, I think. Now, I was on quick bang, long bangers, and I'm sure someone said it's 18 games that Dodge hasn't scored in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that, that that's unacceptable. And when he has performances like the one he has at the weekend, that's then brought into focus about the goal scoring record, and he should be scoring more goals. Um, I think I think we need to try and mix it up. Um, I would bring Nisbet back in. I think you know he has a he has a goal scorer. He does, does pose a threat. So for me, he has to come back in. Um, I'm not sure. If else goes out, you could, to be honest, you could pick any one of them, to be fair. It, it wasn't good across the board and at half-time you could easily made five changes. So um, I think I think maybe try to get Nisbet and Boyle up front together might be an option. Uh, Murphy maybe in behind or something. Just try and mix it up a bit. And yeah, I think, um, I think we need to make changes at the weekend, definitely. Yeah, and that, let's move on. Let's move on for the Motherwell game. We didn't. I think we can sort of put it down as one of the games, and it, look, it's frustrating. But we have one. Let's caveat it with four wins on the spin before that, and we're still in a really strong position. It's a massively missed opportunity with Aberdeen obviously being at Celtic Park and losing. But I guess you're no worse off when we could have been a lot better off. Obviously, if we, if we even got a point. But moving into St Johnston, uh, Jack. Hibs, obviously, like we said, were shite at the weekend. And do, do we stick with this sort of 3-4-2-1-1-2 or do we change it up a bit? I think we should change it up a bit. I mean, firstly, I'd say the system was changed to fit Newell in, which I think was wrong. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Unfortunately, Jack Ross has done that. I think it should be changed. We should go with, and people might crucify me for this, but we should go with one striker either Boyle or we're playing bottom six teams now, Guy Josh O'Connor or a young lad a chance, or um, put Boyle in there because the young lads have got to have a chance to prove themselves against bottom six. It's a big chance. But yeah, I think we should change it. Um, Doig was a miss. Obviously, they said he should be back in. Put Doig back in there because Stevenson was struggling. Put Porches in for either Daz or Hanlon and make them know that they're going to have to fight for their place. And then apart from that, keep it as it is. And um, Fergus, do you think, do we stick with three, three at the back? Because um, let's be honest, it's he's been a very good signing probably since he came in last January, but Paul McGinn isn't exactly in the best of form. Um, is he is he at risk of potentially being dropped? Although he is literally the only player that's played right side of the three this season, or do we go back to a flat four? What, what, do, you thought, what do you think there? Um, I think like you've got to think about, obviously, St Johnson are really good for set pieces, so I think the more centre halves, I do think that he will play three at the back. With I do think like potentially Portis 
McGregor and Hanlon all played for their, their height and as a back three. And but I do think Dodge will play to stop because he is good in the air. And mm. I, like I think from set pieces and things like that, he 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 is effective in our own box as well. No, definitely. I mean, for me, I I think the formation has been working, but I just don't think the personnel was right at all at the weekend. Uh, like what Jack said, I mean, I think we lost a lot. Now, again, I thought Lewis Stevenson was all right in the first half, but you lose, you just lose so much when Josh Dog isn't playing. He's just, just legs, you know, just and then obviously everything was going through Cadden. But I think the sort of three, four, three sort of style that we've played, I think maybe tweak it slightly and get Boyle. Yeah, like again, it's for me. I think Nisbet plays. That's for he, he does play, and he either comes in for Jamie Murphy and plays just off. Dodge with uh, Boyle there, or he um, comes in directly for Dodge. And then, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Scott Allen start and then maybe have him behind a, an actual two. And I think, yeah, it'll definitely be three at the back, and I think it is just take your pick of three of the four in terms of Portress, McGregor, McGinn and Hanlon. I thought McGregor, for the first time since he came back in, looked like a 35-year-old at the weekend. Um Unfortunately, I think he did. I mean, he was in no man's land for the first goal, and then the second goal was he sort of sold himself a wee bit. But oh, it's tough. And then I know, I know, Jack said that um, we've sort of changed it for Joe Neal to come in. But I think, yeah, we probably did. But I think, I think Jackson Irvin looks tired. Um, it's the last couple of games. I don't think he's been great and. I know it probably sounds strange because you think when someone doesn't play, they probably need to come in and get a lot a lot of minutes, but he's played a lot of minutes in the space of, what, six weeks? And it, I think it might be time just to take him out for a game like what we did with Paul Hanlon early in the season, like what I think did we take Portress out for a game as well. And Paul Hanlon's came back and played really well. And I think maybe just bringing Irvin out and playing Gogic and Newell back to a partnership that we know works might help as well. Um, Harry... This is a piece, obviously, that you're quite passionate around in the sort of what two central midfielders do we go for and just how important do you think Alex Gogic is to how Hibs go the rest of the season? I think that Alex Gogic, Papa Gogic, is <laughs> the most underrated player we have by far because everybody just judges him on, oh, well, the whole can't make a five-yard pass. No, he doesn't consistently make 10, 20-yard passes, but that's not his game. His game... Is he if you watch Gogic the whole game, which sometimes I do when I'm a bit bored because some of our games have been boring this season, it's the positions he puts him in defensively that just stops the opposition being able to attack and break through and play through you. Like in the first half, they found it so easy to just dissect us just by simple balls through to the wing. But if Gogic is in that position, which he's always in, then they can't make those balls through. And that's why Tony Watt was looking like a god on the pitch. If Gogic was there, he'd be looking like a little girl on the pitch. That's the difference that he makes to this team. It's just, it's like him not being there is literally ripping the spine out of the team. And sometimes you can walk without a spine, but most of the time you're just going to fall flat on your ass. And that's exactly what happened. Gogic literally is just the cog that makes this machine work. It's like in the system that we're playing at the moment, we've obviously shown at times this season that he's not needed. But most of the defeats that we've had this season have came from games in which he's not started. Yeah, and Greg, just um, obviously we spoke a lot about what we want to see from a, from a Hibs 11 um, against St Johnston. Just how difficult a game is this going to, going to be? Obviously, they are our so-called bogey team. However, we haven't lost in Perth since 2014. Um, they've obviously just won the League Cup. And what lessons do we need to learn for the semi-final of the League Cup? How long have you got, to be fair? Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that could go on forever. I think, I think we need to, first of all, learn how to market set pieces. Um, horrendous. Um, Who gets the responsibility of marking Sean Rooney? Is it Sean Rooney? Aye, Sean Rooney. Uh-huh. The entire fucking team. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get, uh, Jack Ross and John Potter in there as well, and we can double up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Fans I think... <laughs> to be honest, if Gogic is playing, then I would put Gogic on him. Um, probably quite aggressive. Um, good in the air. So, I think, yeah, I think we need to keep an eye on him. Him and Jason Kerr, to be fair. I mean, how easy was Jason Kerr's header in the semi-final? Yeah. Um, I don't think... I think we still need to go and try and play our game and not worry about them too much. Obviously, they do have a threat, but 
try and impose ourselves on the game. We've not done that uh, at the weekend. So we are a good football team, um, plenty of ability in the team. So while we've got a good record up there, obviously the game at the start of the season in Perth was, was a bit tight, but go up there, impose yourself and, you know, ju- just go and play your game. You know, have them on the back foot. They'll have spells throughout the game, but, you know, take the game to them. Yeah. You know, they'll be on a high after the, the cup the cup win. Um so yeah, I think I think we do need to go and take the game to them, be quite aggressive, a lot of urgency and try and get balls in the final third and quite fluid in the final third like we showed the, the last few weeks. Yeah. And uh, Fergus, obviously I don't know if I don't know if you watched the, the League Cup final. Obviously Levy played Marvin Bartley at left midfield pretty much to try and nullify Sean Rooney and as an attacking force. Um We'd expect Josh Doig to come in either as left back or left wing back. Do you think that Josh Doig, maybe not so much uh, defensively, could nullify him, but the threat that he would pose in the gaps that Rooney might leave? Do you think that would potentially actually be a strong point for Hibs if we do set up in that sort of three-five-two slash three-four-three, whatever the fuck it's been? <laughs> no, definitely. I think like your your best defence is attack, and Josh Doig. If turning Sean Rooney, he's probably not as comfortable when he is just standing. So yeah. definitely, if Josh Doig's fit, then he's got to be playing as a left wing back and flying up and down that wing. But mm. also understand, like if Josh Doig's not fit and Louis Stevenson's up against them, we've got a right fight on our hands on Saturday. Yeah, and that, that's probably not even a slant on Louis Stevenson. It's just. Uh, look at it just physically. Sean Rooney is a, a big guy, and you would imagine that St Johnson would probably target crossfield balls onto Stevenson and Rooney. And Stevenson's dealt with that his full career and tends to do well with that. But as well, when, when Stevenson plays, and we've seen it at the weekend, he just doesn't offer the same legs in behind. Like like Josh Dog Dog's score against Hamilton, Lewis Stevenson's not going to be at the edge of the six yard box to he did an empty net. It's just, it's just not his game. He's not got the legs anymore. And other than that, like, you look at the St. Johnson team and they've been getting a lot of credit recently. Where do you think the sort of main threats are? Obviously, you've got ex-Hibs players like Callum Booth, David Witherspoon, Liam Craig in there. Who, um, what's the main threats of this St. Johnson team other than set plays, which I think is probably doing them a disservice, but it's obviously Shafty does at the, at the semi-final. Is that for me? I saw, yeah, I, yeah, sorry, mate, yeah. Um, like, obviously, Chris Kane, their striker, he's been decent for them, uh, like chipping in with the odd goal. Um, Ali McCann in the midfield, kind of, well, he's played what, internationally now, eh? and yeah. scores a few goals for the midfield. But I think, like, on as a whole, if Hibs, like, I think the, the St. Johnson pitch is a bit better than the Easter Road pitch at the moment, which I don't know if that's the reason that Hibs are actually starting <laughs> to play a bit got some good wins away from home but nah I think like if you go man for man we are better than them and like more I've solid I've too many times this season I've said that nah, exactly, but, nah, I just hope that I don't know uh, the, the shorter passes and uh, uh, the strikers feet are Hibs are a better team when we do that and but they're also just as good as, as Hibs when we do that as well so yeah yeah and Jack what what do you, what do you think the main threats that Hibs need to look out for in this St Johnson team? Obviously, they just went, we we got our arses handed to us by Motherwell the weekend. Well, they they scalped Motherwell the week before that, and they've just won the League Cup. So we are playing a team on form. Are you worried about the game? I'm not too worried because even although they've spanked Motherwell a boot and they spanked us a boot in the semi final, the games in the league oh, have fuck been close. <laughs> <laughs> the games in the, the games in the league have been close yeah so we need to go up there and just watch it for them you know they're a team that don't get put away they, they need to be put away sorry need, they don't go away they need to be put away yeah, like the 4-1 when they we went up Brian May's Barmy Army before just after Eckenbottom had been sacked you know 4-1 actually when Deutsch turned for donkey into hero <laughs> for old game. Um, but we need to go out there we just need to aggressive and we need to just not let them get anything like we did Motherwell because if you give St Johnston an inch will take a mile they're, a, they're the form team and you just got to respect them play our game and 
Denny look uncomfortable on the ball, they smell blood, they'll go for it. And like we've been talking about, we need to watch out for the set plays. They've got big guys in there. And we have, I wouldn't say we've been too bad at defending them, but, you know, we have scored some silly goals, especially in the semi-final. It was conceded, sorry, so in the semi-final um, was an example of that. So I got to watch out for the set plays, got to be aggressive and got to be clinical. No, we could say that for just about every game this season. <laughs> if if Doyle just threw on goal and skies it or puts it wide again, I'm going to cry. I'm, I'm getting fed up of him. <laughs> and this, this, so this is Harry. Christian Deutsch has great memories of McDermott Park. And does that? How do, how do you think that plays on a player? Now I look at Deutsch. He's got a very good record against Dundee United as well. Is the fact that he's got good memories at St Johnston could that? I'm not saying maybe he should start, but could this be a game where you think it might? turn for him this, this running form because you see it a lot when players they just go on streaks I mean like how sh- like every shite Hearts player scores against Hibs does Christian <laughs> Doyle just score against St Johnston well see the thing is about that game correct me if I'm wrong but two of the goals that he scored in that hat trick he must have been thinking how on earth did they go in because two of them, the first one, he absolutely the first one. I mean, something let it in. Was one of the other goals not a keeper mistake as well? Ah, the first one, um, the first one, he's through one on one, or it's coming, right. and he's absolutely fucked it. As Perry had that full season, but then he <laughs> tweet, but he's managed. He was like running through one on one and tried to like place it in the corner, but honestly threw it in the middle. Then he's got the rebound and tapped it in. But then the other right. two goals were superb. The Canberra tied back and he flicked in yeah. the corner. Then the second half, he'd have said it already this season, but uh, that was the first game last season that I missed. I mean, enduring all the great under Hecke and then missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I know, like, it's one of those things um, when Deutsch, I think his last goal was Motherwell away. Um, it was either thought- Motherwell or Alwa. It was, I don't know what right. order they came in. Because we all thought that when he scored at Motherwell away, that was when he was going to kind of shake himself off and kind of pick himself up like he did last season. Um, unfortunately, obviously, if he's 18 games that score in that, it's no Did he quote me on that 18, but it was what was mentioned. That, that does sound like quite It's similar. Good. I think it was I'll, maybe a bit. I'll find, I'll get the exact fig, figure for it you. It was, yeah, it was oh, Alwa that his last, his last goal was because my Christmas uh, tree was already up at that point. 13, I think, yes. 13 games, oh my goodness, it's unlucky. So that means it's getting broken against St. Johnston. Um, but yeah, that's 14, a, that's 14, 14 games. 14. But the thing is, that's assuming that he's even going to play against St. Johnston. I don't, I'm not quite convinced that he will. Um, mm. But the only thing, I think the main problem in this bit, the fact that he's not played for so long, I think it's more down to the fact that he's not showing anything in training. I don't think that Ross would just randomly drop him because I don't think his performances were terrible before he dropped out the team. Um, so I think the fact that he's not playing at the moment is more about his whole performance at the club as opposed to his performances on the pitch. Um, and unless he's picked that up in the past week, um, obviously put two half-arsed efforts in at the weekend um, and that was about all he'd done. And it, well, he did try and give away a goal as well, to be fair. I'm trying to dribble it from one oh. yard out, which I thought was quite impressive. Um, even better no. after that, though. We rolled the ball out to our striker on the edge of the fucking 18 yard box. We went, there you go, just go amazing. Just, just go amazing. Oh. But at least we've got Jamie. Go- no, we've no. At least we've got uh, Ryan. Ch- no, we've no. Uh, you can what, as you say, we've got Josh O'Connor. That's all we need. We'll stick him up top instead. So, Harry, obviously, you're not, you're not sounding too convinced that Hibs are going to score many goals at the weekend. What's the score going to be? Um, well, as I keep on kept on going on about, when it came to the League Cup, we had bigger fish to fry. We got knocked out. We're third in the league. Look at St Johnston, bottom half. That worked out for us. They're going to be hugging for that stupid, pointless League Cup win, and we're going to win. You heard it here first, three nil to the high beast. There you go. See, when you said heard it here first, I was expecting something so much more outrageous than. I was expecting something absolutely ridiculous, like usual, Harry. Hibs just got papped by Motherwell and we're playing against St. Johnson who just won the League Cup and you think 3-0 Hibs isn't it ridiculous? No, I was thinking 3 <laughs> St. Johnston. <laughs> I was thinking the other way around, didn't I? <laughs> Jack, what are you going to go for score prediction? I'm going to go for a 2-1 uh, Hibs. 
it's going to be it's going to be a tight tight game, but I'm hoping we can just steal it, maybe a wee last minute winner or something like that. And uh, who's going who's going to grab the goals? I think for us, or depending on who plays, I think Josh Doig, if he's in, could get himself another one. That's just me throwing it out there. Boiler, and then for them. Rooney because he's just been an insane run. I think he will get a well. We'll mess up a corner. He'll get on the edge of the box or whatever. Uh, Marciano will completely mess it up. McGregor will only be watching them, and that'll be it. Blowing through us. I think it's fucking hilarious that we've had two Hibs predicted wins so far. If you listen to the first half hour of this podcast, absolutely fuck all suggests that we are very right winning this game. <laughs> And uh, what are you going to go for? Um, I'll go for 1-0, for I think, um, Hibs. Uh, just to clarify, I, I don't even know who's scoring. I'll, fucking anyone could score. I don't really care at the moment. Just, um, but I'll go, I'll, if I was to, to put it out there, I would say, I would say Cadden. Oh, he'd scored his volley. Oh, yeah. If that was, and I was on the pitch, by the way. Oh, that would have been the best goal ever. It's one of those ones. And Fergus, score prediction for me, Summit? I'll go 4 1 to Hibs. 4 1 again. Doi Chatrick. Uh, I'm going to go for <laughs> Hibs to be 4 0 up in the 75th minute and uh, St. Johnson to get a penalty late on. And then we'll spend the last 13 minutes shouting ourselves. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I've seen this before. Wait, um, that happened at Dundee, it happened at St. Johnson last season where we know fours up up there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, wasn't it? Uh, can't even score Aye, Stevie May scored late on because uh, aye, because I'm sure it was aye, we went 4 0 up. I'm, I'm sure it was 4 0 mm-hmm. then 4 1. Aye, uh, I'm gonna go for. I gave a score prediction on on long bangers and I can't even remember what it was. Uh, ah, shit. Shout out to long bangers. <laughs> I'm going for 2-1 Hibs. Is there, nobody's went for 2-1. Oh, no, Jack, you went 2-1. Uh, right, I'll go 3-1 Hibs then. Uh, I'll take... Yeah, mate, for the poll, double up. Put a poll anyway, so double up. Do 2-1. 2-1 okay, Hibs. I'll, I'll take 2-1 Hibs <laughs> and... DV Marlon to score, mate, I. <laughs> He they made the difference at the weekend. Oh, sure. <laughs> Goal scorers are going to be. I don't have a fucking clue. Honestly, I can't even. I can't even. I'm trying to think who I've put on my bets. I had Joe Newell and two 0 last week. Week before that, I had Deutsch to score. Uh, I, I don't know. I actually do not. It's, it's got to be now now. I'm I'm going now now. That's I'm going now now. I can't. Aye, now now for me. Uh, so, boys, you chose a great week to come on and join us for high be the week. Um, this is going to be a struggle to get five between us. I'd imagine uh, we'll give you the honours though as our guests. Um, Jack, who's your high be the week? Uh, it's got to be Joe Tartalano for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. In terms of on the pitch. Cadden because he, he was the only one that sort of really I, I, he was the only one that really sort of went oh he's deserving of any sort of praise but it depresses me when Tam McManus picks a, a man of the match in these sorts of games it just adds it's a cherry on top of the cake with that but I'll go with yeah, this Cadden for me Alright and uh, Fergus what about your sermon be as creative if you, as you like because you might have to be High mate of the week has got to be Joe Neal <laughs> Just for his new contract New contract, aye. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. I was confused for a second. I forgot for a second there. I was like, eh? Okay. I mean, see what you think about it. Two new contracts, four wins on the spin. There was absolutely no fucking danger we were running at the weekend. That would just be too much positivity. Harry, what about yourself for high be the week? Well, see, it's annoying because normally in these games I try and be funny and I'm like... I feel uh, like I'm going to take Cadden for the volley and Jack's nipped right in and taking your thunder. <laughs> I can absolutely stole him, but I was going to say the referee for ending the game, but it took about <laughs> 10 minutes to end the game. <laughs> I was literally sitting there like, when's he blowing this whistle, man? I was raging. Um, but my high be the week because he's signing for Hibs in the summer, Sean Rooney. I think he was magnificent for St. Johnston in the final there. Great goal. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play in Hibs green and white next season. So Sean Rooney's my high be the week. See, when I seen your, your tweet 
about Alan McCann, Sean Rooney and Jason Kerr, um, the first thing that popped to my mind was Rowan Vine, Liam Craig and Dre Wright. <laughs> I so, uh, Robbie Sinclair sent me that as well. I was like, alright, fair enough, you've had me there, mate. I can't so, respond to that. As much as they might be good players, <laughs> Liam Craig was a very good midfielder before he came to Hibs. Uh, Rowan Vine had just scored <laughs> 10 goals for left mid. So maybe we just patch them and look elsewhere. Um, Greg, what do you tell me for high be the week? Uh, myself, I fucking endure it. <laughs> um... <laughs> That was absolutely murder. Uh, ju- just basically going, basically piggybacking off of Fergie, I'll, uh, I'll say Josh Lloyd for signing a new deal. Um, played. He, <laughs> he was absolutely <laughs> exceptional on Saturday. Didn't put a foot wrong uh, and signed a new deal during the week. So I'll say him. Fucking hell. Just say Martin Boyle because nobody votes for him anyway. I was going to say, keep him in play as well. Hey, let's, let's, let's just pull up all down the slope listeners here. Now, <sighs> I know that I won where I am purchased where Martin Boyle deserved to win. But what the fucking hell is everyone's issue with Martin Boyle? And why the fuck is he not winning high be the week? <laughs> like, and hey, Unbelievable. I will vote for him this week as a point of principle and we will get Martin Boyle high be the week by the time the season's out even if it's um, the last thing that we do which it could well be if we keep voting on because there's probably no demand for this shite next season anyway so we've got Chris Cadden Josh Doig Joe Newell Harry who was yours? Uh, Sean Rooney Sean Rooney (laughs) and and Martin Boyle for high be the week so that'll be out on Twitter probably towards Wednesday Thursday uh, and it'll run right up to sort of lunchtime on Saturday. Harry, is, we've got there quite quickly tonight. We've not went on about how shite Hibs are for too long, so let's cheer everyone up. What have you got for High B of the Week this week? All right, what have I got for High B of the Week? We're on Harry's High B Harry quiz. Yeah. All right, for so. those of you that don't know what Harry's High B quiz is, it is a vaguely related Hibs quiz. Um, I kind of make it up as I go along, but we all have a good time doing it. We've got... We've got a funky thing, and I've got a wee wild card option for two teams this week. So we've got Ewan and Jack on one team, and we've got Fergus and Greg on the other team. The way it's going to work is the first question will be answered by our guests, Jack and Fergus, and then the continual rounds after that will be like vice versa per person. We're going young versus old, eh? Wild card thing. So say the first yeah, question, Fergus gives an answer, and Greg thinks to himself, I've got a better answer. Greg can one time for one of his questions interject and say, no, this is the answer we're going for. I yeah, just think that's really fun. To be fair, I trust I trust Fergie's answers. He knows his stuff, so I'll, I'll feel like that. Is, that, <laughs> uh, is this per team? One of you has got that. Right. Okay, no worries, mate. And is, Aye, it, so. is it a quick fire? Um, it can be relatively quick fire, but if you want to give a bit of backstory, then I'm all for it because, as you say, we've got here quite early, so it's up to you guys if you want to give the backstory or not. No, but Fergus, what's the, what's the status of the scoreline? At the moment, we've got a three-point lead. If we flip it to you inside, it's six nine, <laughs> but it's a nine six to Greg <laughs> on the season. He's <laughs> three ahead. Ewan's fallen away, but anyway, let's get fired into it. All right. So I was thinking, um, obviously, Dodge hasn't scored in a while. And I thought Lee Griffith's celebration away to um, Cowden Beef when he done the get it up here to the Hibs fans after he scored was really funny. Um, thinking of that, uh, what is your favourite celebration from a Hibs player ever? Feel free to hop in. For me, it's got to be Sam Morrow when he done his forward flip and he pulled his hamstring. <laughs> A few years ago, that was that maybe Mowbray's first season, potentially. Uh, Sam Morrow, what a guy, the good lad. He lives along the road for me, yeah. So, hero, Jack, how are you coming back for that? I've got to say, um, this might not be a good one, but I just loved it when Big Mixu scored in the sixth, dude. That'd be the backflips because he was such a (laughs) fat bastard that you maybe expect him to pull (laughs) off a backflip. Always backflips, Big Mixu. You gotta love it. You gotta love the passion. So that's much my answer. I tell you what, I'm just gonna piggyback off of Jack's answer here. Uh, we anecdote. So the six-two game was 
I was three year old. Didn't have a season ticket or that yet. And we, our next door neighbour at the time, actually had. Uh, I think I met actually. I've maybe told this before. Actually, sitting on the fence. Many times, you and uh, many many sitting, times sit, you've told this. Sitting story. on the fence, getting it right up. Uh, the boy next door used to uh, actually used to play for Hearts. Uh, so I was three year old me fucking sitting gin at the Lee Griffiths right up. Uh, but that was just a wee anecdote that I actually, uh, now, now that I mention it, I think I've said it a good I'm few I'm surprised things. you didn't mention my age when he said he was, usually that's his favourite thing to do on this Greg, podcast. Greg, you were probably pissed watching that game. Aye, good one, lad. <laughs> good one, lad. Aye, two, two very good celebrations there. One thing I liked about the Mixu celebrations when he does it the second time, uh, when he hits the ground, the cameraman shakes, so it looks like Mixu's that heavy, it's caused the whole ground to shake. But um, just for that round, I did get a chuckle at the fact that someone injured themselves while celebrating. So I am going to give the point to Fergus and Greg. They've got the one nil lead. It was good answers from both sides, I must say. Um, but if he's a game. <laughs> uh, can the Lee Griffiths scored the screen a free kick? I was going to say that with a thumb. Aye, oh, that's unbelievable. When the I mean, you've, but, you've, also, that was, that was you've also got Jason Cummins lifting the cup in front of the Hearts fans. Um, you've got him standing in front of them the year before. You've got Lee Griffiths uh, scored an equaliser. Um, this is the Harry and the question's over, so we're moving on, lads. We're moving on. All right, we had two good answers from the guests. You guys tend to be hit and miss. Uh, our hosts tend to have sporadic as usual. We'll see how they get on this week, but um, Mr. Chris Cadden hit the finest shot of all time deserved to be a goal um what is i'll give i'll give you two options here what is the sweetest hit shot you've ever seen in your life bar that one of course that wins or what is the most satisfying hips goal you've ever seen Martin Boyle, home at Levy volley goal of the season year one scotch cup um night time as well was it no I think it was 1-1 one, one at a time as well. 1-1 uh, one, one at a time, they just equalised late on. Rangers were dropping points at home that night and all. So, back when we thought we were going to win the treble. Scott Allen at home against Hearts when he takes it down the knee and slides it left-footed into the bottom corner. Just effortless. Weak I foot and everything. He just, it just glides across the surface into the bottom it's corner. That's two tidy goals. Um, our, our two guests, Jack and Fergus, are you've got any interjections there? Is anything? And I think yeah. those are both nice hits, but I think you could probably think of something a bit more satisfying if he's want to jump in. Omionga, Omionga against Cali. Love that. I was I was behind the goal. Have you ever the, listened to the uh, podcast? No, he's not using his interjection here for Stefan Omionga. Harry despises <laughs> him. Let me finish speaking anyway, Jack. Carry on. So I was in the famous five lower um, when he scored that. Oh, it was brilliant that night. Good result. And we, we Steph, I may not be the most popular, some folk, but I thought it was a brilliant goal. Well struck. I see, uh, I see what you're saying, Fergus. Are, are you happy with Greg's answer? Do you want to... Nah, I've got better. John, John Rankin, squiggler. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I... That is that is good content as well because because no nobody's seen it coming, did they? Yeah. Right, I'm not saying just the reason I put my hand up there for some reason was um I just realised it was that the Stefan Omiongo goal was a year ago yesterday because I, I remember I was in Amsterdam where, uh, watching it on the iPad. I mean, look for how I was in Austria watching it as well actually. Hi. How how sad is that by the way? I'm in fucking Amsterdam on a city break. And how am I spending my Friday night in Amsterdam with my finger up my arse in a hotel room watching Hibs TV? Like, <laughs> I couldn't go to the game. I was in crutches, so there's my excuse. Because I'm old. Fergus, you know? I was at the game. Is that not where Jamie Gullen scored as well? Yeah. Yeah. Straight finish. Yeah, I was at the game. Well. You can what we had we had a whole host of good answers there, and I'm gonna go for Harry's favorite cop out, and everybody gets a point, so he's got two points each for that round. There you go. So going into question three, we're sitting at three two. Is there any objection to that? You and I don't care about your objection. I would actually, I would like to make an objection to the fact that yes, <laughs> now I love the John Dryker go because I think universally everyone went, What the fuck you doing, yes? <laughs> but you said the most satisfying goal. 
Just a wee throw out one there. Um, Dominic Malonga with Wraith Rovers with no back lift at all. Oh, I uh, it was very good. lovely. I saw that. Aye. Uh, also, his, his random maze against Aberdeen always makes me laugh. Uh, I think of that one. Got a point for that. That, was very, that, was, that must have been the world's slowest maze. Like, <laughs> he doesn't care about, about the Rangers. <laughs> it must have <laughs> taken him about an hour to get to the halfway line to the box. <laughs> So what's anyway, that? moving on. Me too. Moving on. I think that Hibs, um, despite the season we've had, and even though we had a bad performance at the weekend there, I think that we've got quite a few underrated players, um, namely Gogic, Paul McGinn, um, even Lewis Stevenson. I think that we've got quite a few underrated players. But this season aside, who is the most underrated Hibs player in your lifetime? See, and that goes to our guest. That's Pardon? Greg's got a bug, much bigger Oh, sample. fuck off you and your fucking bone in <laughs> Greg, Greg turns 82 next week, so he's got a massive sample size on him. Eh? Yeah, you would have uh, thought so, yeah, the way he goes on. When you've got an answer, feel free to fire on this. Uh, oh, jeez, Lord. And just, just to say, if you see a player that I think was rightly not rated, you will be deducted a point, so there is a bit of pressure to this round. Oh, jeez, Lord. <laughs> uh, I might well be using my interjection here. <laughs> yeah, well, this is hard. I'll go for, I'll go for Chris Hogg. Chris Hogg, right? Justify that. I'm, I'm curious. Like he played. Rob Jones got all the plaudits, but Chris Hogg was absolutely class next time. Jack, and didn't miss goal. many games. Jack, we've got an open goal. We've got an open goal. Just tap it in, my man. Just find a player and just pop it in. Do not Christian sure. dodge this. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Definitely not, Dodge. Um, for me, and I, I know a lot of folk wouldn't, are not going to like this, but big, I like big Nick Gunnarsson in the Cups tied, the big Norwegian, because he did a, he did a job and no folk, many folk recognised him. He was a solid player, a big Viking warrior. I loved him. And I, I honestly, I always look out for how he's doing with Stabæk now. He's playing it in Nor- back in Norway with Stabæk. I always look out how he's doing. And he is honestly a big warrior and one of the parts of that Cup winning team that no many folk look at. He's overlooked, in my opinion, Big Gunnarsson. Absolute raker against uh, Rangers a few weeks before as well. Uh, Aldi turned round before he even hit it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, are, are we getting any interjections for the hosts? Or are you happy with your answers? Generally, I, I would I would say Chris Hogg as well. Like I'm happy I, with in, that. All, in all seriousness, and I thought I thought he was very good and do you know he was had a fucking a tough time all of fans, but um, I thought he was very good as well. But that's just that's just me and Fergie's either, isn't it? I'm happy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, ha- I'm happy with, uh, with with Jack's answer. To be fair, I think Chris Hogg is a good answer. I'm just not convinced Harry thinks it's a good answer. Um, well, from my perspective, I find it interesting that Greg says that his era of hips was when he was in his sixties. So that's quite good on him. <laughs> Um, but for me, I do like answers. I think again, our guests solid answers. But for me, I, I never really thought that. I thought Hog was quite highly rated. Like, like from from my friendship groups and who I speak to, I would say so. But when you said Gunnarsson there, I did think that that's a great shout. He is a player that when you mention the season that oh, we won yeah, the Scottish Cup, so I think that this round we're going to tie things up. In fact, you both get bonus points again because oh. that was a good round. That was, that was solid. So, oh, no, see, you just get two points and they get a bonus point as well, you dafty. Right, Shut it. Um, so going into question four, we're sitting at four points each. Four points each. Oh, my goodness. Eight points between them. Um, so I was thinking we've had loads of great signings in the past week in terms of extensions, Mr. Doig and Mr. Newell. Um, what is the most excited you've ever been when a player has extended a contract? So not when we've signed a new player, but when they've actually extended a contract to be at the club a bit longer. Right, I'm going to be. Oh, Wait, I'll, I'll add one. I'll add one wee thing. It can be a loan signing that's made permanent as well, if yeah. needs be. Right, I'm going to be a little bit um, maybe recency bias here, but and maybe it's just a better cop out, but. 
I have when Martin, but when we announced that Martin Boyle had signed a four-year deal, I think myself and everyone else that that supported Hibs were one shocked and two ecstatic. I don't. I think everyone had actually come to the conclusion that he was going to leave in the summer. Um, so the fact that we tied him down to a four-year deal, I was absolutely buzzing. Um, I remember speaking to a few different people at the time, and everyone, you know what I mean? Like it was a real, real big surprise. And I think for the for the shock factor as well, I would probably go with Martin Boyle. Other than that, I don't feel like we've signed all that many extensions on players that, you know what I mean? I never feel like many players sign contract extensions at Hibs. It feels like we get them tied down on decent deals and then if they're any good to leave. There's one, but I'm not saying it. Why? Eh? Why? Because it's for the early fucking 90s or something? He's a, he's a fucking rat. <laughs> oh, can be. Controversial. I mean, again... To be I... fair, you can't, you can't argue with, with how well he done when he first came in and, and when he signed. For for 100 grand as well. Um, that was a buyout clause. Um, and obviously Sunderland were... Well, what a sign him for over a million or whatever at that point, and we got him for a hundred grand. It looked like a great bit of business, and I, I actually thought in his loan spell he was very impressive. Um, thought he was he was excellent and looked like a really really good option. Um, him and Jimmy McLaren up front, and then obviously, uh, yeah. I think the fact they both got injured early doors that following season. I know Kevin yeah. Bennett obviously came back, but obviously because he scored his hat trick and got injured in, in his sort of second debut, and obviously McLaren came in a bit late and never really got fit. And chink the injuries that the fact he couldn't both hit the ground running and coming together affected us that much that season. And I think so. I think I think the pair were, were shaping up to be a right good partnership. I thought you had two very different players. Canberry was more prone to drifting out wide and getting in spaces like that, and McLaren was. 18 yard box penalty, um, penalty spot player, and he scored a lot of goals at that. And thought that the two of them were really, really good partnership, and it just never worked out. And then obviously, Camberry moved on. And this might be a, a, a stupid question. I know that obviously McLaren left in the January. Eh? In fact, McLaren came back on loan again, eh? and then he just went, he went back in the January. Mm-hmm. Did they actually play any uh, together in the second? Like in that sort of second season, like did they? I don't remember them even playing together the second season. I not got any vivid memory of it. Did once, I think. I'm not. Didn't quote me on that I because mean, Lennon, Lennon didn't like them playing together, um, and that's when everything was beginning to fall apart at the seams. Then obviously, yeah. it, and I think by that point, McLaren was probably angling because Darmstadt knew that uh, Melbourne were interested, and he wanted to go back to Australia because he didn't hit the ground running in Germany, and he wanted to go back to Australia. And I think at that point he'd given up. And Canberra were beginning to show some of the problems that emerged even later on and that ended up in the Rangers movement. So I think by that point, the two of them were on the path to McLaren leaving and Canberra ending up the way he did. Aye. But but purely purely for, for value, I think a hundred grand um after after the way he performed really in the six months he was on loan for me it looked like a great signing at the point. And I was quite excited to see how it how it would go for there and just disappointing after that. Well, um, when you were asked at the start, is it going to be a quick fire round? I think <laughs> Greg answered it that question by saying, no, it was a good description. I understand why you said it, but that was a very long answer. Um, would either of our guests like to interject? Nope. Are you happy with your team's I'm answers? Fergus is not happy. I think it's just like that. I, I don't have a better answer because, like, Canberra was quality when he was here, but like he's a rat, so just doesn't he sit well. I did make that clear, and he is absolutely a, a rat, uh, and that that is not to be mistaken. It just doesn't. I'm, well. I'm happy with that answer. All right, well, bear with me here because I need to dis- I need to explain my reasoning, but um, I I get the hype around the Canberra move, um, and I get the, what do you call it, Boyle thing. But neither of you sounded particularly excited whilst explaining the answer, which was kind of the whole point of the question. So neither of you get a point. Yeah, I think if either of you had said uh, Anthony Stokes, then you would 100% have got the answer, maybe even a bonus point, because when he signed that contract, I remember I was in Ireland at the time, and I was running about the place going daft, because for the pure announcement and that, they just took flame emojis on Twitter, and everybody was dead excited about it. I thought that was quality. 
But if either of you had put any enthusiasm sorry, into your answers there, you definitely would have got the points. But you were like, well, when Martin Boyle signed a four-year... No, when Martin Boyle signed a four-year contract, I was buzzing. Point to you. But Martin Boyle signed a deal. And <laughs> he was a snake, but Cam Berry signed. Brilliant. No, all right. So anyway, we're moving into question five. We've got our guests. You know what? It can be a this can be a collaborative effort because it is. You have to bear with me. You have to listen. Have to listen deep. All right. So, um, Hibs have decided we've we've lost another stupid game. We're going to move on from football, and they have recruited Joe Torpolano, Martin Boyle, Chef Kikuchi, and Lee Griffiths, and they're going to open a shop together called Hibernian. It's not allowed to be sports equipment. What are they going to sell in the shop? So that Chef Kikuchi, Joe Tortolano, Martin Boyle, and Lee Griffiths. And it's a shop. You can change the name of the shop, but it's not allowed to be sports equipment. What are they going to sell? It can be any type of shop. It can be, even be airlines or traffic or whatever. Just whatever you want. But I... Just the Kikuchi, Griffiths, uh, Boyle, and Tortolano. Correct. Aye. And it's, this is the guests. I get up you. It's a guess, oh. but you guys can join in if he's won. Oh, look, oh, he's, he's, dropped, he's dropped his pal already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, well, user, I'll give you a few seconds to think, and I'll just kind of talk to myself so that there's not any space or uh, silence on the podcast. I've got but an idea. I think, uh, with these questions, I do just kind of um, pull them at Mars, to be honest with you, and that's kind of how they yeah. appear on the podcast. I tried to think of some topical things, but I was thinking of still game, and um, what's his name that owns the shop? And I was thinking, Did imagine Hibs owned the shop. I've got an answer that I think's pretty shit, but I'm happy to roll with it. So, no pressure, mate, because if you're not sure, I'll just interject and use my use oh, my direction. I'll take I'll take Shafergi. <laughs> just so no, can I take an answer. I was about to make a joke about it being a bookies, but I didn't think that'd be a very appropriate. So. Um, it sounds like the, the guys that are running it I mean we'll, I might, we might end up knowing um, Ewan's answer but I think guys that are running it it, sound, it sounds like to me it would be a pretty uh, cheap nasty liquor store down Leith Walk somewhere <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me the players are what you call it Derek Gardens pub <laughs> Right, I'll, I'll give my, right, I'm, I think that's a good answer, but I, I really just want to say my answer, because they've each got a right. I want you go. Right, so it's called Coochie's Cookies. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. just fuck off now. <laughs> and, Is it spelt with a K? Is Cookies spelt with a K? Could be spelt however you, aye, fuck it, let's, call, let's spell it with a K. So... <laughs> We've got and now this we've got Joe Tort did you see Joe Tortolano on the towel? There's your advertising. All the birds are coming in for a bit of that. Martin Boyle, there's your delivery man. Didn't even need to buy a fucking bike. He can just sprint about Edinburgh delivering the cookies because obviously the store would be shut there now given COVID. It's takeaway only. Aye. And then Lee Griffiths, well, he can he steal Fazian Shop. <laughs> well, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> And, and if he does it, it's his own shop anyway, so who cares? Just have him behind just have him behind the till and if he bumps it, then we can who it was. And he's he fucking just doing finidry, so if anyone tries to bump us, he'll fucking knock them out. It's security. Sparky right. can be secure. So that I think we'll go with that. Coochie's cookies. I'm not oh, gonna lie, that was a good answer. Fergus Greg, I've got quite a lot to look. That's probably Ewan's best answer in a Harry Ivy quiz, to be honest. That was solid. And Jack, you you've joined in well by helping facilitate Griffiths' role in the shop. Right, so we're going for a nightclub. Oh jeez. Oh. Right, so we've got obviously Coochie's on the door. Right, big, big <laughs> handy man. Uh, Tortolano's the big gaffer in the back room, pulling in the cash. Uh Boils the waiter, and Lee Griffiths is on club nights and promotion. Imagine <laughs> if he'd be able to pull in. Oh, oh. Keep him away from the booze, though. Then he let him near. Then he let him in the back shop. Oh no, that's when it'll get interesting. So he, so Griffiths is on club nights, planning the club nights and promotion, making sure everyone knows about the nights. And I feel like you're not utilising Martin Boyle. I feel like you've got Martin Boyle at right wing back in this shop. He's a waiter, mate. Ducks and, and dives, like, what's about, isn't he? 
What do you mean? Re- do you mean barman? I would they barman. Okay, I would they trust Martin Boyle in a nightclub with like the champagne? Oh, but imagine how the much champagne bottles with Martin Boyle just the the gaff with the champagne sprinklers. At least just how much you laugh. That would be nobody's taking it seriously. <laughs> Certainly, sell. You know the wee shots used to get the wee, uh, the women used to come round with the shots. <laughs> that would be Martin Boyle. He'd make a fortune. Oh, that's one. He state that. Oh no! I was asking this question, and normally you and Greg kind of like think of the first time, or they'll say one of the random crap suggestions I'll have, and it will just fall dead. But you've all come up with some very good ideas here. What I was thinking is you could go to the nightclub and then afterwards, uh, cook, uh, Coochie's cookies could be open until like 2 a.m. So that's where you get your pre hangover scran and that. That would be magic. Oh, yeah. All right. Come in quickly, Cruz. No, I didn't care why I said that. <laughs> you just drop all, all right. the drinks everywhere. All right, all right. So I, I can't decide the winner here. So what we're going to do is you and Jack, you have. Until I say to come up with a signature cookie um, for your shop, it can be any Hibs themed signature cookie. And use her, and Greg and Fergus, you have to come up with a signature cocktail. Oh, that's a lot easier, that, isn't it? That's a lot easier. That's better. If you just want to have a signature milkshake instead that you sell at the cookie store, if that makes it easier for you, you can. But you have to come up with a signature thing that defines your shop because you both get bought. You can what? You're on ten points each because that round was magic. That made me laugh a lot. I enjoyed it. Right, the deciding factor is the signature right. dish, if you like, from either the nightclub. What's what's the nightclub called, by the way? It's just Havernian. Didn't even have a name, mate. Didn't even have a fucking name. Fuck up you. We'll just call it uh, HQ. <laughs> It's generic club name ever. Hibs Quarters. Oh, well. They used to have that fucking lovely. Oh, that I would have Whenever you are ready, hop in with your signature Hibs thing. That that was, I enjoyed Mm. that. You got any ideas, Jack? I'm trying to be a smart ass here, but I can't think of anything. Uh, (laughs) Something to do with the Matthias Jack cookie. It's just, it's stale. It's hard. I'm sorry, I didn't care what I'm going on about. I, I've, I've not had enough time. I, I just, I thought, I wanted to bring up Matty Jack in this and it, it seemed like a good point. So, um, no, you I can't, can't you, you better, you better do this for me because I'm stuck here. Well, I'm trying to think about who we've, who, who we've got involved. So we've got Martin Boyle, Chef D, Chef Kikuchi, Joe Tortolano and uh, Martin Boyle. So let's try and combine them all. So the cookie is Kikuchi. <laughs> It's going to have chocolate orange in it because Joe Tortellano loves a sunbed. Oh, yeah. We're going to have... And it also covers off the Lucasade orange incident for Lee Griffiths. Double up, nothing all right. Then with the Martin Boyle bit, we didn't want any fucking animals in it, so we're not going down the squirrel route. And (laughs) I'm... The edgy mate, because he's Australian. I know it would taste disgusting, but you know, you've got to get the Australian link in there. Well, I was thinking it could be shapey a kangaroo, a chocolate orange shaped oh, kangaroo I like cookie. That. I like that. that. That's much better than what I was going for then. <laughs> so I think we've got a chocolate, a chocolate orange kangaroo cookie. And we'll call it a changaroo cookie. Uh, <laughs> sounds uh, good. I would call mine, I would call mine DTS Sewers. You suck up, bastard. Ref, get him off. We've not got time for this. No one, boy. What's in the DTS sewers? What else is in it apart from the sewers? A lot of shame and bitterness. Oh, here we go. <laughs> just, just let the man <laughs> speak. He's a guest on the show and we'll even give him two minutes. It's got to be it's got to be tenants lager, pint, pint of, right? But you drink half the pint and you put a blue wicked in it so it just turns it green. So it's a, a DTS Hibs pint. All right, so I've got a DTS pint or a changaroo cookie. Oh, my days. That's... that's I, I, oh. oh, Jesus. Um, do, do I have to pick a winner? Because I actually didn't think I can decide. I think that's too close. I think that's two quality answers. Would you hate me if I did the decide? Yes. 
All right. Um, all right, we're going to go for it. I'm going to say just because it made me laugh a bit more, I think I'm going to have to go for the Changaroo cookie. I'm sorry, oh, lads. Sorry. It's class, and I would definitely drink that pint. I don't know if I'd eat the cookie, but I'd drink that pint. Um, well, at least had to win this weekend. Hey, because uh, Greg lost. But, yeah, well, no, th- 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 thanks to Jack for uh, carrying you in through it. Um, <laughs> right. um, but seriously, that was that was good content. I enjoyed that a lot. That was good. So that's us back to back in the hunt nine seven. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, I can carry on Jack's good work next week. But um, before we wrap up, boys, obviously, um, Jack, you do a lot a lot of good work, obviously, with the sort of women's team. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about like your Twitter and stuff like that? Yeah, so. Um, I do a lot of work with the Women's Supporters Club, talking a lot about uh, Hibs women. I work with their YouTube channel on my own channel, so if you're interested in German football and Hibs, come along, subscribe. You, I do some great stuff. I do a lot about football in the old East Germany. And I uh, go and follow me on Twitter um, because I talk a lot about football history and everything over on there as well. So, aye, um, you can do that. Thanks for um, having me on as well. I had to take that opportunity to say thanks for putting up with me this evening. Oh, that's alright, mate. It's been it's been good. Um, and fair can I just interject quickly? Sorry, I, um, I just want to say that um, Jack does do really good YouTube content. Um, I've not watched um, loads of his videos, but I've watched at least three or four, and I do really enjoy them. Um, I think that Jack's got a cracking voice. You can hear that straight off the riff, and uh, um, you can hear his enthusiasm when he speaks in his YouTube videos. So I definitely recommend it. And Fergus, obviously, you're involved down at Trinity Junior. It's just how desperate are you to get sort of kind of always gets put as anything underneath the championship back going uh, with COVID and that junk, you've got much chance of seeing much um, it's hard to it's hard to say at the moment I mean we saw a pretty uh, terrible update from the SFA today so it's not looking promising but you never know what the next few weeks can can provide well, hopefully hopefully that gets back and if, if it does then hopefully Hibs kick on a little bit more and make your sadness a little bit more bearable without any football um, so We'll be back next week. Um, let us know if you've enjoyed obviously having the guests on. Uh, and um, give us a shout if you if you want to come on. It's pretty that it's that simple to be honest with you. Um, but hopefully we are back next week with three points for the high bees away at St Johnston as we kickstart our push to the is it three away games on the spin before the start? Like three away games. Yep. But thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Catch you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.